welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to this weekend. I pray and hope that you are having a great weekend so far, that God is speaking to you wherever you're at, that you are inclining your ear, that you're turning your ear to hear his voice, and that your eyes are open, that your heart is open to receive all that he has for you today. Amen. Amen. We're continuing our series today of relationships, and I love how I have to really work to make my mouth say relationships when I talk about it, but it's our series, Real, R-E-A-L-ationships, and today's message is called A Man That Has Friends. A man that has friends. And ladies, don't worry. We're talking about men and women. This is just a reference to a scripture that we're going to look at in a few minutes here. But uh, A Man That Has Friends is the title of our message today. And I have been thinking a lot in this whole last year about friends. We're in a series talking about relationships. We've talked about husbands and wives and close relationships with friends, intimate relationships. We've talked about parents and kids and what that relationship looks like. Today, I want to talk for a few minutes with you about friendships, about about being a friend and the spiritual importance of being a good friend. And right now I can hear some of you saying, what, what? We're having church talking about friends. Well, we are gonna talk about being friends. We are gonna talk about why it's important to be a good friend. We're gonna talk about why it's important to be friendly. So sit back, buckle up, and let's get ready to talk about this together. Um, I've been thinking a lot, like I said, about friends in this last year, probably because uh, we haven't seen everybody like we normally do. We haven't got to spend time with friends like we normally do. We're all isolated. And so I've been thinking a lot about friends. And I found myself in this last year, I found that for me personally, I've taken some trips and driven past uh, the house that we lived in when we first moved from the States to Canada when I was four and five years old in North Vancouver and I drove up there and I I was remembering things about my childhood there. And then I found myself one night, me and um, Jen drove out to one of the houses we lived at off of Chilliwack River Road. And I was telling her this story about one of my friends. You know, it was the 80s and life was different. Guys, for those of you who are alive now and like you're just experiencing your teenage and early childhood years, listen, life was different in the 80s. You could ride your bike, you could get up in the morning and leave and your mom would be like, come home for dinner. And you wouldn't see your parents all day long. You'd be gone on your bike, hanging out with your friends and your buddies and all kinds of places. It was a great time to be alive. And I was telling Jen about my one friend named Ian. In the summertime, you know, we'd get up in the morning and you would eat breakfast and leave the house. And you'd have to go home for dinner time. That's when you had to be home was at dinner time. And I was telling Jen about my friend Ian. We lived at a house where the road was higher than our drive, than our house. Like the, the road was up here and our driveway came down a hill and our, our house sat down here. But you could see up from the windows of our house 
to the main road. And so what would happen was at dinner time, I'd get called, my mom would be outside calling me and I have to go home for dinner. And I'd go home and we'd sit at our dining room table, we'd all go get washed up and we'd all set the table together and we'd all sit down and eat. And in our living room, we had this one window that looked out to the street that looked out at our neighborhood and we'd go sit down and I can remember time after time after time that we would all sit down and be having dinner and I would look out the window while we're eating and I would see my buddy Ian on his BMX bike just slowly riding back and forth in front of my window. <laughs> He'd be on the street just slowly riding back and forth. And every time he rode, he'd be staring in the window to see how much longer we were gonna be because we were friends. And that's what friends do. You wanna spend time with each other. You wanna hang out. You can't wait to see each other. And guys, I gotta tell you, I feel like in this season, relationships and friendships, they're taking a beating. They are getting pummeled. And I gotta, I gotta tell you that I believe a lot of this is, is a demonic attack. I believe that the, the enemy is trying to come against the body of Christ in some ways. And one of the ways I believe is that he's trying to seclude us. You see in Genesis chapter one, verse 26, the Lord is speaking and he makes this statement. He says, let us make man in our image. And us and our are plural terms. And so we're made in the image of a plural God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean? It means that God is a God of community. And what I have found happening in the midst of this whole last year is that the enemy is jockeying and fighting and trying to move us to a place from community to seclusion, from friendship to aloneness, to hanging out and, and spending time with your friends and living life like you used to and having that community that brings you life, that you were designed. Listen, if we were made in the image of God and God is a God of community, then this whole season has removed, has worked hard to remove that community. And we have found, a lot of us have found ourselves in a place where we are friendless and we are alone. Not that we don't have any friends, but we're not able to spend time with our friends like we once were able to. And I believe it's important to spend time with your friends. And I believe even more than that, that it's important to be a good friend. But what happens in this aloneness is that we find ourselves secluding and being alone and just hanging out with a certain, certain number of people, just your family or your, your close family that you live with or maybe one or two other friends that you're allowed to see. But in those times of seclusion, you know what happens when we're alone. Sometimes we start to get a little weird. We start to have weird thoughts. We start to become insecure and we start to wonder, well, why haven't I heard from my friend? And why haven't I talked to my friend? And why haven't, um, you know, I wrote my friend this morning and, and uh, it's been two hours and there's no reply. And oh my gosh, now it's been four hours and no reply. And oh my gosh, it's tomorrow and my friend still hasn't replied. What's going on? And, and you may have heard me say this to you, but oh my gosh, maybe 10 years ago now, the Lord said something to me and he, he said this, and it's something I've tried to work into my life so that I'm always aware of it. But he said that in the absence of communication, imaginations 
flourish. When there's not conversation happening, your brain begins to imagine all kinds of scenarios about what's happening, why your friends aren't talking to you, why you're not spending time with them, what's going on. And so it's so important to be a good friend in this season. It's so important to work at your relationships. It's so important to maintain your friendships. Don't, listen, let me just say this to you. Don't just expect everybody else to reach out to you. Hey, if you're sitting at home today and you're saying, nobody's reached out to me, all of my friends have abandoned me, I'm all of myself, let me just say this to you right off the bat, you need to do some reaching out. You need to pick up your phone and call somebody. You need to pick up your phone and text somebody. You need to go on Facebook and write somebody a message. You need to write a letter if you're super old school. You need to do something where you're reaching out. Don't just expect everybody to come to you. I'm encouraging you today to reach out, to reach out from beyond. You could say, listen, pastor, I am not comfortable uh, texting people. I'm not comfortable calling people. I'm not comfortable writing. This is a season. This is a season. This is a time to get out of your comfort zone. And you're going to have to work hard at maintaining your friendships and your relationships. Because let me tell you right now, you were created for community. Let us make man in our image. God lives in community. Last week we talked about how we are created in the image of God. And if God is a God of community, you are created for community. And maybe we can't have community and friendships like we used to have right now. That just means that you have to work harder at maintaining those relationships. And let me say this while we're talking about friendships. Let me have this, this other thought just popped into my head. Give grace to people in this season. Give grace. You know, you've heard this said probably uh, that we judge others by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. And it's so true, we do do that. We, we look at other people, we watch what we do and we judge them, but we know what we were planning to do and we judge ourselves by that. Give grace to people in this season. This season is hard for so many people for so many reasons. So be a good friend and give people grace. Extend grace to people. Allow people to have time and space to work through this themselves and figure out how they can move ahead and move forward in this season. Don't assume the best. Listen, last week we just looked at 1 Corinthians 13 and talked about how love endures through all things. Love hopes, love believes the best. Be a person that is full of the love of God and believes the best and endures through your friends. Don't, don't, ex, don't assume the worst. Give them grace in this season. Give them grace in this season. Okay, that was, that was my intro. And you're like, Pastor Jake, where are you going with this? Well, today we're talking about a man, a woman that has friends. We're going to answer two questions today about this. A man that has friends. A man that has friends, what? You may be saying, a man that has friends, what? What is the end of that sentence? Well, if you go with me to Proverbs chapter 18, and in verse 24, and today I'm reading from the New King James Version. That's right. It's a different translation. It's okay. Don't fall off your seat. Proverbs 18 verse 24 says this, uh, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. So the first thing I want to say to you today is a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, a child, 
a preteen, a young adult, you fit yourself in there. You, you, you're one or the other. So whichever one you are, you fit in this verse. A man that has friends must himself be friendly. That's the first thing I want to say to you. In this season and in every season of your life, you need to be friendly. You need to be outward focused. You need to walk in love. And, and here's why. Let's talk about this for just a minute. Listen, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you if you remember some of these people in your life. Do you remember the crotchety, cantankerous, ornery person who every time you see it, see that person, they're fussing about something and everything's wrong and the whole world's falling apart? Do you remember the, the frosty person who is cold and aloof and distant and you feel like you have to work for their affections? Do you remember the angry person that you have to tiptoe around because it seems like the smallest sound, noise, emotion, or thought is gonna set off an explosion? Do you remember uh, the anxious, stressed out person who is so worked up that when you're around that person, you find yourself getting stressed out and anxious. Do you remember those people? Do you remember that one person who when you're around, they're so happy and they're so full of joy and they're so full of life that you find yourself wanting to be around that person nonstop? I remember, gosh, it must have been 15 years ago, we had a guest speaker in. Mom and dad were still pastoring the church in Chilliwack. We had a guest speaker in, and, and I, um, I got to spend a lot of time with the guest speaker. I was the person who had to go to the airport and pick this person up. And this person was like, they were, a, they were a big deal, internationally known speaker, and, and, and I got sent to the airport to go pick this person up, and, and I was given instructions. I had to take this person out to lunch. Me and Pastor Jenny were just married. We married a few years at this point, so I was early 20s, and I was getting sent to Vancouver from Chilliwack to go to the airport to pick up this 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 important preacher him and his wife and then I had to take them out to lunch afterwards and I was not allowed to let them pay for lunch I had to pay for lunch and these people were my parents age and I remember thinking oh my gosh what am I what am I going to talk about with these people and and how am I going to pay this person's bill because because they're older than me and I know they're going to try and pay and so I took them to lunch and and then this guy wanted a milkshake after lunch was done. So we went across the street to Baskin Robbins and, and we got a milkshake and, and um, we're driving home in the car and I'm in my best clothes because I wanted to look good for this guy. And I'm wearing my dress clothes. I think I had a tie on and fancy pants. This was back in the 90s when you dressed up like crazy. And, and uh, I'm sitting there driving home from Vancouver, drinking this milkshake, feeling pretty good about myself. I've done a good job picking these people up. I've kept them engaged in conversation. I haven't made myself look too uh, young and immature at this point. When I'm driving, the, the, this preacher looks over at me and he's like, uh, you got some uh, milkshake on your shirt. <laughs> and I was just so proud of myself, but I forgot and I didn't notice that the milkshake had been leaking out of my cup the whole time I was drinking it and it was dripping all over my clothes <laughs> and I was so embarrassed. And let me tell you something, in that moment of embarrassment, 
I could have felt really bad and he could have made me feel really bad about myself. But that guy, I tell you what, he didn't, he laughed with me. He thought it was great. And he made sure that I didn't feel bad about myself. And something happened in that moment with him. And I got to spend some more time the rest of the week when they were with us. And my heart was so drawn to them. I wanted to be around him wherever he was at because when I was with him, I felt great. I felt good about myself. He made me feel good. He made me feel better. And I ask you if you remember all those people because probably, probably in there, we're maybe one of those people. And people know you as those people. Maybe you're the frosty person. Maybe you're the angry person. Maybe you're the crotchety person. Maybe you're the, maybe you're the conspiracy person. Maybe you're the anxious, nervous person. People know you as those things. But we don't want to be known as these, these negative aspects of people. We, we want to be known as people who are friendly and people who are great to be around, who make you feel better about yourself. See, Proverbs says, a man that has friends must himself be friendly. We want to be friendly because that love and that friendliness and that joy that you have about yourself, here's why. It attracts people to you. People want to be around you. Let me ask you this. Here's just a great litmus test for your life. Do people want to be around you? When you look at your life, do you see people being attracted to you or do you see people running away from you? If you see people running away from you, if you find that when you walk into a room, people slowly leave the room, you might want to stop and take some stock out of what kind of person you are, out of what kind of friend you are. Are you a person that is, that is uh, being friendly and bringing the best out of people and encouraging people and bringing life and love and wholeness into the room? Or are you a person who's bringing stress and anxiety and fear and and um anger and and all these different things are you bringing those things in the, into the room or are you bringing love into the room and see a man that has friends must himself be friendly why because that love that drives your friendliness and it's love it's love for others it's love for him and love for others that drives your friendliness and that friendliness will attract people to you. It will cause them to gather around you. It will cause them to want to be around you. So a man that has friends must himself be friendly. I want to ask you today, don't answer this out loud. Just ask it, answer it inside. Are you a friendly person? Are people attracted to you? not physically attracted to you. Are people attracted to who you are on the inside? Are people drawn to you? Do you find people want to be around you? Because if you do, then there's something inside of you. There is life inside of you that is, that is permeating outside of you, that is causing people to want to be around you. But if you find people running away from you as fast as they can, you might want to stop and take stock of who you are and who you've become. Because we're called to be friendly people. You are called to be a person that has many friends. Jesus 
Everywhere he went had people attracted to him. People were following Jesus, not just because of the great works he did. I'm sure that was a big part of it. But beyond that, they were attracted to who Jesus was. They were attracted to the love that was inside of Jesus. It was that love that drew people to him. And it's that same love inside of you that will draw people to you. A man that has friends must show himself to be friendly. Why? Why? You could say, why? Why do I have to be friendly? Why? Why is this important? What's a great question. If you go to Mark chapter 16, verse 15 with me, we're going to answer it real quick together. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and I'm still reading from the New King James translation. And um, it's the very last chapter, almost the very last verse in the book of Mark. Jesus is speaking. He's about to ascend into heaven. He's He's gone through um, the cross and the grave and he's risen again and he's spent some time with the disciples and now he's having his last words with them and he's about to ascend into heaven. This is what we call the Great Commission. Jesus is talking to the disciples and he says this to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We're talking about a man that has friends must, number one, show himself friendly. And number two, why? Why must he show himself friendly? You must be friendly. Why must you be friendly? Because that friendliness, that love, those outward actions that you do that cause people to want to be around you, it attracts them to you. And here's the truth. This scripture here says, go into the, all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Here's the truth. You're, a lot of you watching this are never going to preach in this context. That's not your gift, maybe. That's not who God's called you to be. Maybe some of you are, but chances are a lot of us aren't called to be preachers like Pastor Jake, like Pastor Jen, like Pastor Adrian, like Pastor Blake, or like any other pastor you see. A lot of us have other things that God has called us to do with our time and our energy. And so what happens is, is you begin to preach through your relationships. You begin to preach through your friendships. You begin to preach in your everyday life. See, that word preach in the Greek, Greek means this. It's um, the Greek word caruso, and it means to herald, herald or to proclaim or publish. And what I'm saying to you today is that when you are a friendly person, when you are thinking about others, when, you, when your heart is his heart for all these people around you, they are attracted to you and they will gather around you. And as those people begin to gather around you and as you enter into relationship with those people and as you befriend those people, you will begin to preach to them through your life, through your stories, through your emotions, through your actions, 
through your thoughts and your dreams that you share. You will begin to preach to these people. You will begin to herald the good news of Jesus Christ. You will begin to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ as you spend time. For many of us, for many of us, your best message that you will ever preach will be done sitting at a couch having a real-life conversation with somebody about what is taking place in your life and what God has called you to do. And listen, that is amazing and that is fantastic. Don't let anybody make you think that's less than anything else. Don't make anybody think that because you're not on a stage somewhere preaching that you are not preaching. Your life is a message that is showing people the good news of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? I want to say to you today in these last few minutes, a man, a woman, that has friends must show himself friendly. And why must you show yourself friendly? So that people are gathered around you, so that you can build relationships with them, so that you can become friends with them. And in those relationships, you can begin to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. People all over the world, you have relationships that I will never have access to. You deal with people that I will never see, will never interact with, that I could never get an opportunity to preach to, that maybe if you said, I want you to come hear our preacher preach, they would say, I have no interest in hearing somebody preach to me, but they will be more than happy to sit down with you over a cup of coffee, to sit down with you over dinner, to sit down and go watch a show with you and talk about life. They'll be more than happy to do that. And as you sit down with them, and you open their heart, and you open your heart, the Spirit of God begins to work inside of you and begins to move out through your mouth, out through your life, out through your actions, bringing healing, wholeness, and life to all those who are drawn to you. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. I want to encourage you in these last few minutes to work hard in this season to value your friendships and relationships. Live life with much grace this season for all. A lot of people are having a really hard time. A lot of people are really stressed out. A lot of people are really hurting. Extend grace everywhere you go. Live your life as if Jesus we're in the room with you when you're dealing with people. And ask yourself before you react, ask yourself before you talk, ask yourself before you move into action, what would Jesus really do right now? Walk in grace, live in grace, speak in grace, move in grace. Guard your relationships, guard your friendships, maintain them, reach out to somebody, don't assume the worst. Assume the best. And if you haven't heard from somebody, shoot them a message. Pick up the phone and call them. Reach out to them. Let, them. let them know you're still alive and you still love them and you're still thinking of them. Even though you haven't seen them, hey, I'm still here. I still love you. I still care for you. I know it's been like a long time. Life's been weird this last, this last year, but hey, I still love you. Don't worry about it. I'll see you soon. I encourage you to make room in your life for new friendships. 
Make room in your heart for new relationships. Don't live a life that says us four and no more. Don't say I can't have more friends because if you live a life like that, you are closing your heart off to what God can and wants to do through you. There are people that you encounter by the multitudes that if you will allow God to speak to you and if you will allow God to work in your heart and if you will open up your heart, you will have the opportunity to bring life and love to so many more people. So I encourage you today, open your heart. Open your heart to new relationships. Be willing to explore new friendships and new relationships. When God brings people into your life, take a chance. Say, yes, God, I will. Become a person that is known for your friendliness, for your love, be a person that people want to be around. A man that has friends must show himself friendly because people want to be around friendly people. We love you, We're praying for you. I pray this spoke to you today and that God is speaking and moving in your hearts and lives right now. Pray that you have a great weekend and that God continues to move in your life. We love you. We'll see you all soon. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that His Spirit, His love, and His life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.